0: Checking out the Anchor Faith Message Podcast from St. Augustine, Florida. Now enjoy this message. Thank you, Jesus. First Timothy chapter 4. Amen. Y'all doing all right? Everybody doing good? Praise the Lord. And I'm telling you, I'm just blessed by you know who's still at the altar right now, just letting God minister to them. This is what I'm talking about. I mean, here God is ministering to someone. And you know what, they're not impeded, and neither is it a distraction. Because God can do these things so that things flow in a way, and it doesn't detract from one thing or the other. I'm telling you, it's amazing stuff. Hallelujah, First Timothy chapter four, this will be the last uh, message in this particular series that we'll minister on this. We've given you enough uh, ammo to arm yourself until the next time the Lord needs us to bring it up. Uh, but in 1st Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 through 1 and 2 the Passion Translation says the Holy Spirit is explicitly revealed at the end of the age many will depart from the true faith one after another devoting themselves to spirits of deception and following demon inspired revelations in theory hypocritical liars will deceive many and their conscience won't bother them at all are you hearing me so The Spirit of God says this is going to happen. You can't stop it. It's going to take place, period. I said it's going to take place, period. So you can't pray this away. You can't pray a revival in that will stop this. This is going to happen. Are you hearing me? And what will happen? Many, not a few, many will depart from the true faith, meaning they were solid, believe God, There was a time that they were allowing God to transform them. They were allowing God's word to to permeate every aspect of their being. And when I say that, you understand, there there are a lot of doctrines that only deal with the spirit of the man. Although we know the Bible talks about that um, we are to be blameless. Paul wrote this in the Thessalonian letter. He said that our spirit, soul, and body are to remain blameless. And so, what we could not do in the spirit, Christ did for us. Cause our spirit was dead. Separated from God. Only Christ could pay a price that would cause the old rebellious spirit of man to die inside this skin suit that was attached to our will, emotion, our intellect, and and drive it out, calls it to cease to not be inside us anymore. When we call on the name of Jesus to be Lord of our lives, then he puts in us a new creature. We become a new creature in Christ. The old passed away, behold, all things become new. We are a new creature in Christ, and this spirit is in the righteousness of God in Christ. Christ is the king. So in essence, your spirit man becomes alive and is like King Jesus himself. It's in right standing with God. It's nothing you did to get that to take place other than a confession of faith that Jesus is Lord. Repenting of your dead way of living and accepting the sacrifice of Jesus. And he's now Lord of my life. So then we become born again our spirit man's alive, then the Holy Spirit moves inside and bears witness with our spirit. His Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, bears witness with our spirit. That's not the old spirit, but a new spirit that's in Christ alive. That we are children of God. That we're in right standing with God. We are of basically the DNA of God in the spirit. Now the problem is that will not manifest in the earth unless we renew our minds our minds have to change and Jesus let us know this was going to take place because he said repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand the word repent means change your thinking it doesn't mean remove your old spirit I'm gonna say that again Jesus didn't say you need a new spirit for the kingdom of God is at hand one time Did he talk about this new spirit you would receive? And that was about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning in John chapter 3 to a religious man by the name of Nicodemus that for for these things to really start functioning in your life, you're going to have to be born from above is what that literally means. You're going to have to become a totally different person. A totally different person needs to be carried on the inside of you. Now, once that takes place, then the renewing of the mind is available. Our soul realm now has the ability, we are to wash our mind with the word. So if anybody says you're being brainwashed, you said yes, I'm being washed with the word. Because everyone's being brainwashed, just to let you know. You're either being washed with the word or washed with the world. One or the other. No one's holding their own thoughts. They're not a person on the planet that has a thought that's different or did not originate from God or the devil. So with that being said, then we are to renew our minds and we are to save our soul. Now that's our responsibility. But again, so many places want to focus only on what's happened to the spirit of the man and they don't deal with the soul of man or the body of man. The body of man. And Paul... By unction of the Holy Ghost, who had personal teaching from Jesus himself. So what Paul penned, Jesus actually said. I said what Paul penned is actually what Jesus said because Jesus himself personally gave him revelation. In essence, he's saying, this is what I want you to write to my churches. So when Paul's writing these letters, these are not Paul's words. These are the Holy Ghost speaking to him and then through the teaching of Jesus himself. And you know, Paul has been present before the Lord. On, on, he's been, had a personal encounter with Jesus on more than one occasion. We know on the road to Damascus, he had a personal encounter with Jesus, heard his voice. He said, it's, it's Jesus, the one whom you persecute Then we know Paul said this, I know a man, whether in body or out of body, who's called up to the third heaven. Well, who is that man? It was him. He was that man. Okay? And he was called up to the heaven, and he heard things. Unspeakable. But we also know that he was pulled away for a time, 14 years, that he took time and was trained in. And he came and ended up talking to the pillars of the church, Peter being one, about these revelations. And they were like, that sounds like the king. That sounds like Jesus. That's exactly what Jesus would say. So when we read his letters, you might as well say Jesus said it. Because Jesus said it. Are you hearing me? And Paul is obviously talking to Timothy, who's pastoring a church, that he says, I've already seen into the future. In essence, he's been in our time And he didn't live here. He, in essence, came to our time in the spirit, but didn't live here. And said, now this is what's going to happen. This is going to take place. I said, this is going to take place. But he talks about getting your body together. So when he talks to the Corinthian church, he says, how come you're sleeping around with everybody? Don't you know that if you give your body to something, this is a problem? Again, you got to keep your temple holy. So Paul dealt with the threefold nature of man, of which Jesus himself was restoring us to that. The cool thing about our, our soul realm is that we can get it so close to our spirit. Yes. Amen. Now, our body is decaying, although we can work on that thing to be as healthy as it can prior to us departing. But we're never going to get on glorified body until either Jesus... The trumpet sounds and it happens here other than that it manifests at a different time are you hearing me but your mind can get really mature your emotions can get really mature what I mean by that it has the capacity to always yield with your spirit that's alive unto God who's listening to the Holy Ghost and it helps you live a life free from sin from the entanglements of sin Praise the Lord. Now, what if I blow it? It's okay. You have an advocate with a father. Repent quickly. Change your thinking. Ask God to forgive you and then get up and let's keep moving forward. Are you hearing me? And God is a merciful God. But unfortunately, because people are only dealing with, well, my spirit man's right, and they don't do anything with their soul and put their body into subjection, In essence, they live a life that Paul actually corrected in the Corinthian letter. He says, man, I can't even talk to you as spiritual people. You're just carnal. Now, the word carnal means you're acting like mere men. I mean, when I talk to you, it's like I'm talking to the world. But you're actually in right standing with God. And don't just sit there and tell me you're in right standing with God, because your behavior in your soul and your ability to take control of your body should be a manifestation of this new spiritual life that you have. But if we neglect those areas, especially the discipleship side, because God never called us to conversion. He called us to discipleship, which means we have to become studiers of the word. That's what keeps us living the life we are on the inside and not cut our lives short nor forfeit our purposes amen again this is not just about going to heaven this is about the kingdom manifesting through you today are you hearing me well praise the Lord but unfortunately because they get one-sided in this in the dichotomy of man many will depart from the true faith. Yeah. And then they'll yeah. devote themselves to spirits of deception and following demon-inspired revelations and theories. I just want to say, if you're a first-time guest with us, you can't experience Sanctuary Faith Church on one service, you've got to come back at least five times. If this, if you happen to pop into this, listen, I, can't, I don't control when I minister messages, so at the end of the day, you may come in on some like, wow, but you know what? God obviously sent you during this time. You decided to come. Now, maybe the Lord asked you to come a long time ago, and you just hadn't done it, but you showed up when we start talking about pride. We preach on more than pride here. (laughs) We preach on the whole Bible, actually. You know, but I only have so many hours with you. So it takes a little time to go through all the things we can minister on. But when we're in something, it's because God's emphasizing it for a reason. And so we can grow by it. amen Amen. we grow not only by knowing the blessings of God but we also grow by knowing the warnings of God we grow not only by knowing what we've overcome and what how we are overcomers but we know also grow by knowing what we don't need to be ensnared with again this is how we become stronger this is how we become better this is how we don't develop fantasies concerning things of God that are not founded in truth because we only want to hear one aspect. Right, yeah. I was talking with someone, I'm gonna leave it very vague, that attends a particular meeting where they have to do this acknowledgement. It's kind of a ritual that they do. And then one of them is that they give their life to a really to God, but you know, they say higher power. So obviously this one particular testimony of this individual, but based upon their particular lifestyle and the things that they were doing, um, said they had a problem with this particular step. And um, so, you know, at the end of the day, they had to go find one that fit their life. In essence, I will find a God that 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 fits and accepts what I am now. Well, you understand who the God is, is self. But God is God, and we are to conform our thinking to his, because his words are life. Yes. Amen. But many will depart, and then they'll go after other things. Why? Because of the, the issues that we'll see here in James chapter 1. Before we get to James chapter 1, I said this last week, that we can, in, in order to make sure that you don't become one of the many... There are some things that the Bible is very clear about, okay? And I'm not doing an exhaustive study, okay? That's not my intent. God's not asking me because, first of all, I'm not a five-fold minister teacher. I'm not a line upon line, precept upon precept. Although I use a lot of scripture, I tend to be way more big picture in concepts, okay? And then I allow the teaching gifts to come back up at different times, and they can deal with things. Somebody else will come back up here probably on Wednesday and deal with the doctrines of demons, and they can just lay them all out to you that are out there so that you won't be misled. But there are a couple things you can do to keep yourself. One is found in Ephesians when it says that God gave gifts unto men. Five of those gifts are the fivefold ministry. They're there to equip the saints for the work of ministry. This is in Ephesians chapter four, starting in verse 11. And through that, they will grow up the body of Christ so that they will no longer, say no longer, no longer be tossed to and fro by every wind and doctrine. Doctrine but they will become what, grounded, they will become mature, they will unify in the faith, they will become the fullness of God, every part will come together, they will feed each other, and the whole church will become greater, which tells us if you stay connected to the body, quit seeing yourself as a singular individual that has a relationship with God, and I'm going to heaven when I die, I can go wherever I want to do. I mean, the church is not a building. It's not a building. It's a collection of people together who happen to meet in a building. Unless we were in another country, you might meet somewhere else. But the reality is we are to come together. And what's amazing, because I've gone to quite a few countries, is that the ones who, are le- who legally can assemble work very hard to assemble at the risk of their lives. And in the countries where you can assemble, they work very hard to stay home. So the devil's deceived the American church that you don't have to actually get together to be in it. And we don't need each other. But you know, this is what happens when you only believe the Bible's about going to heaven anyway. Which it's not. It's about a king, his kingdom, and his royal offspring. Hallelujah. And we preach the whole Bible here. So staying with the church where the fivefold ministry. Are in operation, puts you in the greatest place that when a wind and doctrine shows up, you'll say, I don't accept that. That's not truth. Hallelujah. The second way to keep yourself from deceptions is in James chapter 1. James chapter 1 verse 22 says this. you ready? Buckle up, because we're going to run now. It says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. Be doers of the word and not hearers deceiving yourself. The New American Standard says it this way. But prove yourself doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. The Amplified Classic says it this way. But be doers of the word. Obey the message. And not merely listeners to it, betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. So this tells us that people in this congregation, right here in this building, I don't even have to talk about other places, but in this one, can hear the word of God, rightly divided, and whether it actually works in their life is not a result of the one teaching, but the one hearing, because once they hear, will they actually do it? Which means I have to apply that word. Pastor Marcia is going to be ministering on the fruits of the Spirit on Wednesday night because she's in a series on the the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing about the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit does require patience. It's a fruit, which means you'll be in a situation where you don't want to be patient. So how are you a doer of the Word? You actually become patient. So you can't say "I'm, I'm an impatient person, but yet I'm still right with God. Now, you may be righteous in your spirit, but you're not a doer of the word, which tells me you may be righteous in your spirit, and when you die, you go to heaven, but you're living a deceived life in the arena that you can be impatient, and God's okay with it. Because the minute you do that, then the devil finds you all kind of stuff that you'll be okay with. Self-control is one of the fruits of the spirit. You can't control your body. That's why you're hunting all the time. You can't control your body. That's why you keep ingesting stuff all the time. You can't control your emotions. That's why you get angry fast. And then blame your heritage. Are you hearing me? Because James said, be quick to, slow to, and slow to to get mad so you can't say, well, you know, we just all have tempers in our family. Not in Jesus's family. I thought you were in his family now. You in the wrong tree, that's the problem. You're running down the wrong ancestry.com. You're supposed to go back to the tree called the cross. You're supposed to go back to the blood. You're supposed to go to that family. And in that family, I'm telling you, can that family get mad? Oh, yeah. And when daddy gets mad, it is not good. When the wrath of dad shows up, somebody ain't staying on the planet. I said, somebody ain't staying on the planet. But that wrath is long-suffering. And if dad has long-suffering, can put up with it, guess what you can? But the minute you don't apply, you're deceiving yourself. So you gotta be a doer. I said you gotta be a doer. You have to be a doer. If you can't, Forgive your brother, you're not a doer. I'm going to keep piggybacking off my wife. If you have church hurt, it's your problem. Because it sure isn't the church's problem. Because the church has a way to handle your hurt. It's called forgive. And besides that, these people who hurt you are growing themselves. That's if they actually hurt you. They may have just hurt your flesh, the thing you're not willing to let go of could be that. Yeah. And here's the thing, I'm a pastor, I'm an apostle, I'm talking to the church, this is not an outreach. That's right. yeah. Now if you're here and you don't know the Lord as Savior, we can help get you in the kingdom. But I'm talking to his kids. Yeah. And half the time, you would get in the kingdom quicker if the kids would just act like the kingdom. And in this house, we're going to act like the kingdom. We're going to have the culture of the kingdom. We're going to go ahead and talk about everything that needs to be talked about so that we walk out here not making excuses, but actually being doers of the word. Hallelujah. So the New Living Translation says it this way, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. So, if the Bible says, don't worry, then why are you worrying about that bill? Well, I love the Lord, but why are you worrying? Well, the Lord's got me, but you're worrying. (laughs) Well, I mean, God understands. God understands you're human. He understands you're in a human suit. But he says, I fixed that. I put a supernatural being on the inside that you're not limited to your human tendencies anymore. Just because I'm human doesn't mean I'm limited to my humanity. In fact, I'm not to be identified by my humanity alone. I'm to be identified by my spirit man who's alive unto God and from a different world. Right? So otherwise you are only fooling yourself if you're not doing it. So say I'm a doer. (laughs) That separates the deceivers from everybody. Now here's the thing, James cannot be talking to the lost because people who are outside God's kingdom and their spirit man is still dead to God cannot do the word. Because it's a naturally appraised word, by them it's not spiritually discerned so they can't have revelation of how to live for God. They can hear God's word and they put their own interpretation, that's called it. That's called religion. Just because someone is doing something that God said that's not in the kingdom of God better in action than someone who is doesn't mean that they're more righteous because their heart ain't right. Paul said, you want to talk about doing the word? I was the guy. But when confronted with Jesus, I realized I stunk the high heaven. I mean, I dominated in actions. The problem is my heart was far from God. It was wretched. It was, it was sinful. It was, had personal and selfish ambition. And to God, it stunk all the... And I'm, I'm actually doing his word. But I can't actually do it how he wants me to because my spirit man's cut off. But the minute you get born again, you know what stinks to high heaven? is not doing what you're capable of now. And when I say you're capable, it's because God's empowered you now to be able to do so. And you can hear God, and you can yield, and you can control your own life's existence. You can take captive every thought. You can determine what you're saying. You can determine where you're going. You can do it. Say, I can do it. The plain English version (laughs) says it this way, and don't just listen to that word from God, but you have to do everything it says too. If you don't do the thing it says, you will just trick yourself. Unfortunately, we are living in a society to where we want quick fixes. That's why heaven is such a phenomenal option for many. Because again, I don't want to change, I just want to go somewhere when I die. Jesus says, I don't want you to come somewhere when you die, I want to be with you now, and change you now, and make an impact now. And if we are true studiers of the word, we see that God always came down. Because when he made Adam and Eve, he didn't say, come to heaven. He said, I'll see you daily. I'll come hang out with you, because this environment you your end is awesome. Now, with that being said, Proverbs 16, 18 said pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. The passion says it this way. Your boast becomes a prophecy of uh, future failure. The higher you lift up yourself in pride, the harder you'll fall in disgrace. So pride manifested first with environments that were without sin. Therefore, the fall is not the cause of pride, but pride is the cause of the fall. And again, just for real quickly, you can go back and listen to our messages on this, but it bears repeating because I'm going to close this thing down today, that there was an anointed cherub. By all rights, we know him today as Satan. But before he was cast down, as Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. He was in a perfect environment, no sin. But he got in pride in a sinless environment. Adam is placed in an earth that God said is very good after his creation and Adam was made in the image of God both Adam and Eve were both in the image of God they were copies of him in the realm of the spirit they had his DNA they had his nature do you hear that Andrew they had his nature so because they had his nature they had his thoughts someone else gave him another thought then Adam brought pride in in an environment without sin because sin did not enter the world until one man's transgression took place Satan did not bring sin in and when I say that I don't mean that he didn't demonstrates what sin is because sin is simply disobeying God A thought itself is not sin, it is the temptation to. So Satan brought in the environment so that sin could manifest or death. If he would have never taken that thought, then we wouldn't have this problem. When one does not, and here's the thing, when that conversation took place, we saw this. God has told Adam, you can eat from any tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat For the day you eat, you'll surely die. When, Adam's, when the devil says, you're not going to die, for God knows that you'll be like him. In fact, it's amazing how people just blow my mind because they, they just won't read scripture. They only read scripture to justify their points. When Satan said, you'll be like God, God had already said, you're like me. So being like God did not originate with Satan. That was not the temptation that he gave Adam was to be like God. God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. You can't be any more like God than Adam and Eve when they were first created because he breathed in them the breath of life. What he said, if you'll keep reading, what Satan was actually trying to do is say, you'll be like God knowing good and evil because you know God in the realm of good. And guess God knows another deal because I am the author of it. But he didn't warn you about me. He didn't tell you I was coming. And he didn't have to because he gave him a word that would eliminate when he showed up. Keep the garden. Don't eat the fruit. That was it. That's all you had to do. Don't eat the fruit. You're telling me to eat the fruit? He said, don't eat the fruit. But you're telling me to eat the fruit. He said, don't eat it. You say, I can eat it. I won't die. He said, I'd eat it. We die. Why didn't he say, God, come into the garden. Let's have a conversation with this serpent here and let's figure out who's telling the truth. But when one does not want to consult with the originator of the conversation, they are already on the road to rebellion. Why does Adam not bring God into the garden when Satan's talking? Because he wanted to believe what Satan was saying. But who lied? The devil lied. Because the devil knew, eat it and I get what you have. Because the devil told Jesus when he showed up, that's the last Adam. He says, I'll give you all this domain, all these kingdoms in a moment of time. You just got to do one thing. Bow down and worship me. Why will I give them to you? Because they've been handed over to me. Read the Luke chapter 4 account of of the temptation of Christ. He says, they were handed over to me. He got them from, he didn't steal them. Adam abdicated his throne of authority are you hearing me so because pride is the issue that opens up the door for deception look what it says here in Proverbs 21 24 it says proud haughty scoffer at his, are his names whose acts are whose acts with insolent pride proud haughty scoffer I want you to key on that word scoffer here because we're gonna see this second Peter 3 3 says this knowing this first that scoffers scoffers Knowing this first, that there will come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts. Scoffers. Proverbs 9, 7 and 8 says this. He who corrects a scoffer gets dishonor for himself. He and he who reproves a wicked man gets insults for himself. Did you just hear what I said? Verse 8. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. So this tells me every time you correct a scoffer Which who's a scoffer really a person in pride The minute you correct them guess what you're going to get dishonored They're no longer going to honor you or treat you honorable The second thing is they will insult you That's true That's good But someone who actually has wisdom will say thank you for pointing that out man I don't want to live that way Thank you for bringing that to my attention. Man, that, was, that is not my intent, and I'm going to make an adjustment right now. I'm a doer of the word. That's good. Amen. <laughs> say hallelujah. hallelujah. Okay, yeah, you want me to do that? I'll go over there. Okay, I can go over there. Proverbs 22:10. Drive out the scoffer, and contention will go out. Whoa. Even strife and dishonor will cease. Come on. What? What's it say to do to them? What do you do? Come on, what do you do? Now, you can't get rid of your wife. You can't get rid of your husband. You need to pray for them. But we're talking in reference to the community. Okay? Drive them out. Because here's the thing what are they always bringing? Contention. What are they always bringing? Strife. What are they always bringing? Dishonor. Now, they'll be honorable to your face while they're dishonoring you behind your back. But this is what's just going to happen in the last days. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Now, I didn't give them. The Lord just told me you need to say this, so I will. Turn over to Hebrews real quick. I'll look it up myself. Hebrews, probably chapter 12. Uh, Yes, Hebrews chapter 12. We'll start in um, verse 3. Let's start in verse 3. Amen. Um, hmm, I could do that. Let's see. Mm -hmm. see right now again I'm just being led by the Spirit I didn't make room this is just what I do and the Holy Ghost said you need to say this I said okay I'll say this all right cuz you're telling me to say it I'm gonna say this praise the Lord okay yeah I'll do that yeah it just aggravates them that's great okay he says this verse three for consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself scoffers has Jesus had some scoffers come? Uh, Hebrews twelve three, okay. Uh, and y'all, this is why you need to bring your own Bible, your own electronic device, because I may need to pull some things up that uh, our media team can't get there quick enough, and I don't want to have to slow down. He goes this. He says, "For consider who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart." He says, "You have not resisted to the point of shedding of blood in the striving against sin." And you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as what? Sons. As what? Sons. As what? Sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. and live for they discipline us for a short time as seems best to them but he that is god the father disciplines us for our good so that we may share in his holiness all discipline at the moment seems not for to be joyful but sorrowful yet to those who have been what? Trained by it. Afterwards, say afterwards. Say afterwards. Say afterwards. Say afterwards. Say afterwards. afterwards. It yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. If you don't let God train you in correcting you, then you can't have an afterwards. And if you won't let God train you through discipline, meaning instruction, now take this off, let go of that, now your spirit man's alive, so here's the thing, don't let any limitations happen in your soul and your body anymore. I'm gonna pluck this out your brain, this thinking out your brain, this emotion away from you to be siding with how the world thinks. I'm gonna get you to side with the spirit emotionally about this situation. Why are you acting like that? Because that happened. Well, don't you know that happened? I mean, this is horrible. He said, but I'll deal with this. You just take this position. I can't do nothing. You better do nothing. Because if you do do something, then I can't do something. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. But you're doing the repaying. So at the end of the day, I can't get involved. But who doesn't want to receive instruction or correction? The scoffer. Okay, look. I asked you to come into my heart and save me. So when I die, I go to heaven. But don't tell me about my thinking. Right. Don't talk to me about that. Amen. You don't know what I've been through. <laughs> Come on, are you hearing yourself talk when you do that? So it's obvious that we don't want to be scoffer kids. Because if we're scoffer kids, meaning we're always against correction, then at the end of the day, it's not the pastor who puts you down the road. <laughs> it's the Lord taking you away from the family because you don't want to listen anyway. Now, that doesn't mean you're not in his family. He just will separate you from the community. Oh, y'all don't. Okay, that's fine. Well, because everybody likes to preach and that's inclusive. The kingdom of God is not inclusive. It allows everyone to be included, but it's not inclusive. It requires you to change. You have to change. I said you have to change. Hallelujah. So 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul's writing to Timothy. We'll close with this whole passage of Scripture, 14 verses, okay? Don't want to give you hope. (laughs) False hope here. Um, Oh, it's the last one? Yeah, 14 verses of it with commentary. (laughs) Um, Now, you would have to go back into chapter 2 to be able to continue to get some context. But this particular chapter, um, Paul is letting Timothy know, in the world, people are definitely going to be like this. But he also implies there are people who were among us they're going to turn to this because he's already let them know uh, in first Timothy chapter 4 that there will be those who depart from the faith and if they depart from the faith and they're following after deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons then they're going to obviously be having a form of godliness but denying the actual Holy Ghost who has the power to transform their minds and get them to line up with the word amen okay so there's two people that we're talking to here it's easy to see that it's those outside the kingdom of God but it can be those within the kingdom of God who have fallen away and are not allowing God to correct them they've developed pride concerning something and again we said simply that pride by definition is you have a thought and God has a thought concerning the same thing you take your thought and let it and be a doer of your thought over God's. Yeah. You exalt your thought over God's thought. Now, your thought may not have originated with you. Someone may have planted that seed. Yeah. And then you made that your own. And now you act on it. But God says this. And the minute you do the other, you're in pride. Yeah. That's pride. Pride is not doing God's word His way because again why you say is this control? It's not control. It's called life. You got to understand this is not about control. God's not controlling you. God is not controlling you. God is giving you the opportunity every time to choose life and it never stops. Even when you're born again, you still have to choose life. You have to choose the life's way of handling it. And cool thing about being born again when you get the choice from God, when He reveals it to you by the Spirit, is that your spirit man actually wants to, can, and it would activate the grace of God so that the power of God can cause that environment and atmosphere to actually manifest in your life. Yes. Where you don't come to church mad, you come to church happy. Yeah. Right? You don't deal with depression because you can always have joy. I mean, there's all kinds of things. You're not living in continual brokenness, but you're living in wholeness because he binds up. He never wants you to stay somewhere. Your testimony is not your greatest. The testimony of your life, the greatest part of your testimony is not what God got you out of. It's what God has caused you to maintain in. I mean, we act like the greatest testimony is... Everybody on the planet has blown it, been beat up, been treated wrong, has treated someone wrong, been lied to, cheated. Everybody has that common personality. They were wretched, no good, and God delivers them out of that environment. Everybody has that, but not every believer has the testimony of, I don't go back, I, I've never gone back, I don't go back to that, I don't do that, I don't because the power of God's kept me here. The power of God's kept me here. The power of God's kept me here. I yielded to Him, I took His word, I followed His advice, I acted like He wanted me to act, I responded like He wanted me to respond. That's an awesome testimony. But it's like the great what the greatest testimony is how bad we were, and then God forgave us. Forgiving us is part. But it's not the greatest testimony. It's like, you know what, the devil came after me, and I punched him in the mouth with the words of my authority in the name of Jesus. And it worked. I resisted him, and he fled, and it worked. I submitted to God, resist the devil, and he fled. It worked. You know, I believe God for this, that, and the other, you know what? It came to pass. Why? Because I declared it, I decreed it, because I only spoke what God told me to speak, and I stood when I shouldn't have supposed to stand, and I just st- stayed on it, and I never came off. And I had all these thoughts, and everybody telling me, but I didn't yield one bit. I hung on that word, and you know what? It came to pass. God brought it to pass. When everybody says it was over, it only came to pass. Amen. Let's have those testimonies. Because when you have that testimony, the world will be like, I want to get in your kingdom because it actually works. Because if you keep talking about how you fell and messed up and blew it and did all wrong. And you were drunk like me on Saturday night and then went and worshiped God. I'm going to praise him anyway. I could rewrite that song. Yeah. I actually rewrote it in my my, uh, parking, my, my driveway. Uh, this past weekend, you know, I praise him anyway. I praise him when I'm happy, praise him when I'm sad. I'm like, why are you staying sad? I mean, anybody can praise at anything, you know, and most of them are praising him when he's drunk, praising him when they're fornicating, praising him. No matter what they do, they're going to praise him anyway. I'm just going to praise you anyway. I'll praise the Lord. Oh, my soul. No matter what I'm doing, I'm just going to praise him. Well, why don't you just stay holy? Let's praise him in our holiness. This church is going to preach those things. Because you're separated unto God. Holiness just means I'm separated unto God, man. You understand what I'm saying? I just do what God tells me to do. I'm separated from the world. I'm just going to do what God says. And that makes you holy. That's holiness. I said, it's nothing to be afraid of. It's like to embrace. Praise the Lord. In fact, the Lord says, be holy as I am. I mean, when did Jesus go to the clubs before he went to the synagogue? Did he tell the woman with the alabaster box? Hey, listen, when I get out of this meeting. Because I'm full of grace, girl. (laughs) I'm full of grace, girl. Ain't nobody on this planet had more grace than I got right now. All right. Amen. It's easy to justify when you want to not bring God into the conversation because they're already on the road to rebellion. Yeah. But daddy will say, no, you need to cut them off. You know, uh, it's time for you to lay that down, you know, because it isn't the not drinking that made you holy. He made you holy and you're like, this is, this is byproduct because that plant don't tell me what to do anymore. The idol of my phone doesn't tell me what I go look at on it anymore. All right. Second Timothy, y'all doing all right? Can we do it in 10 minutes? I don't know, let's find out. Second Timothy chapter three, verses one through 14, it says this, but you need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce and difficult for the people of God. All right, so please stop 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 being depressed about all the news just say what's happening over there well that's confirming scripture right Wow I mean the Lord said this would happen I said the Lord said this would happen right we get stuck because we came out of negative we came out of brutality we came out of slavery we came out of victim mentality Right, And so every time something bad's happening, we can easily identify because we came out of it. Right. And we have a hard time going on to what else he says. That's why we got to go to the 14th verse because he's got other things to say. But we get stuck in, man, it's bad. Oh, this is horrible. I wish Jesus would come and said, what, what am I going to do when all this, ju- this stuff's taking place? Right. Two, uh, verse two, people will uh, be self-centered lovers of themselves and obsessed with money. They will boast of great things as they shroud, strut around in their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. They will ignore their own families. They will be ungrateful and ungodly. Whoo, man, ungratefulness is a sure sign that you're walking on the road to the rebellion. They will be uh, become addicted to hateful and malicious slander, slaves to their desires. They will be ferocious, bewildered, haters, or belligerent, excuse me. Haters of what is good and right. With brutal treachery, they will act without restraint, bigoted and wrapped in clouds of their conceit. They will find their delight in the pleasures of this world. They're always asking, how much can I be in the world and still be right with God? More than the pleasures of loving God. God's not asking you to come out. There's not an environment I won't go into. Period. the Lord told me to go into a, a bar, I would go in it. But I wouldn't go in and drink with them to be relevant. Are you hearing me? I mean, I would not go, I'm not going into places to assimilate to them. Jesus never sinned. So he can never identify with us on what it means to act in sin. Your Savior has never sinned. Never. Never got drunk. Never did drugs. Never slept around. Never hated his parents. Never backbite. Never gossip. Are you hearing me? Never. Yet he's the only one who can deliver you. Praise the Lord. So when he goes into the world, when he did, he didn't go in acting like them. He brought the kingdom, and they were like mesmerized by how he did. You understand, eating food with a sinner doesn't make Jesus a sinner. He just ate. Anybody can eat with someone. That didn't mean he cussed with them, told dirty jokes with them. He didn't behave like them. Verse five, they may pretend to have the respect for God, but in reality, they want nothing to do with God's power. Stay away from people like these. Now, obviously, this is the complex issue here. It can't just be talking to people of the world because Paul already corrected the Corinthian church. He said, listen, I told you to come out from among them and be separate, but you can't like not be around. I'm not saying you can't be with people that are in the world because at the end of the day, we're called to be lights to them. You're gonna interact with them. What I'm saying is, is that you don't go do what they do in the places they do. They're not like your best buddies. I mean, if your best buddies are those of the world, whoo, there's a problem. The people you should have the closest relation to with, with are the people in your church yes. right. that will help you change your doctrine. Right. What are you doing? Nobody says you can't go to go eat with your coworkers, but if you rather hang out with your coworkers and do anything that's going on at the church, that's the problem. Because bad character corrupts good morals. So obviously, this has to do with some that are in the body of Christ who are professing there's something, but they're never letting the God change them. He's saying, now, those kind of people don't even hang out. In fact, the Lord says, if a so-called brother, he said it in one of his churches, if a so-called brother's acting like his, he said, have nothing to do with him have nothing to do with him. But let me tell you what that so-called brother is gonna do. He's gonna say how the church abandoned him, how the church wasn't there when they failed, how the church broke away, how the church hurt them, how the church wasn't there when they failed. Listen, you were running away from the church the whole time you were doing all your actions. You were already separating yourself from the church. Then when all of a sudden the church finds out, because the scripture says your sin will surely find you out, and then they come and say, you're gonna have to repent, but we don't wanna repent and we want to make excuses of what's going on well then at that point you're like how am I going to help you because I can only help bring you to reconciliation in righteousness that comes through repentance and if you're not going to repent I can't help you you've already left although you may be in the building and that's just really a matter of time because at some point unrepentance has to be driven out and I'm talking from a believer perspective, but that's also from unbelievers. I would not let unbelievers come in and pass out and begin to share the way they live and act like it's acceptable with us. If you read the book of Revelation, God had problems in those church. He said, I can't believe you've let the spirit of Jezebel in here. I can't believe that you've allowed the Nicolaitan doctrine to get up in this thing. You better get rid of that stuff and get it out. He said, with well, the Jezebel, he said, now I gave her time to repent. I gave her time, which means she's sitting around up in here doing all her holler trees and got people siding with her. He said, I gave her time to repent, but she didn't. So I put her out, and all those who are following her, they're going to get on the same bed of sickness she's on. He didn't say, Just let it go, bro. He said, If you don't deal with this, I'll take your lamp. That's New Testament. Say, that's New Testament. Hallelujah. This is good preaching. Yes. <laughs> this is to save you. This sets you free. Amen. I mean, I understand there are abuses within church bodies. I get that. But not every church body's having abuses. We can actually live this. We'll live it here. Amen. Verse 6, for they are the ones who worm their way into the hearts of vulnerable women, spending the night with those... Who are captured by their lust and steeped in sin. Teach them Bible studies on Sunday and sleep with them on Friday. They are always learning but never discover the revelation knowledge of the truth. History has given us an example of these with the Egyptian sorcerers who stood against Moses in their arrogance so it will be in the last days with those who reject the faith with their corrupt minds and arrogant hearts standing against the truth of God. But they will not advance, for everyone will see their madness. Boy, you don't want to get in that place. Again, you can run off at the mouth for a while, but ultimately, the Lord's going to let everyone know your story is wrong. Your story's wrong. And you don't have to buy into that story if you get the originator of the conversation to show up in the conversation. He said, but you, Timothy, come on, say, but you, Timothy, (laughs) have closely followed my example and the truth that I have imparted to you. What kind of arrogance is that? (laughs) Obviously, it's not arrogant, but the scoffers will say so. Paul is like, listen. Listen. I know there's people out there doing this. I'm telling you how they're doing. But I'm not that guy. Now, was Paul right? Because here's the thing the Holy Ghost will ultimately let everybody know whom the Lord is with. He said, But you, Timothy, have closely followed my example and the truth that I've imparted to you. You have modeled your life after the love and endurance I've demonstrated in my ministry by not giving up. The faith I have, you now have, what I have hungered for in life now has become your, come on, longing as well. The patience I have for others, now you now demonstrate The same persecutions and difficulties I've endured, you have also endured. Yes, you know all about what I suffered while in Antioch and Iconium and Lystra. You understand, Timothy was a mentor of Paul. But you know what? Probably the church at Ephesus did not know what Timothy knew about Paul's issues. The ones who came after him, the difficulties, the persecution, he confided in him, but he didn't go and say, let me tell you what all is going on with Paul and who's going after him. So there was a whole congregation, Timothy, was over that did not know the same details concerning the things going on in Paul's life. He says, you're aware of all the persecution I endured there, yet the Lord delivered me from every single one of them. For all who choose to live godly as worshipers of Jesus, the anointed one, will experience persecution. (sighs) Now, here's the problem before I get to verse 13. The deceiver, when they're corrected, they'll call that persecution. When it's really just correction. You can know the deceiver by their mouth. You'll always know a deceiver by their mouth because they will talk contrary to Scripture. What do I mean by that? They'll use Scripture, but you'll hear things that you know are contrary, especially if they begin to talk about people openly, gain access to conversations about people, speak about it like, you know, this is how it is and never want to include them, especially those that are under their authority they'll begin to spew about people that they're under authority. It's amazing. But if you have ears to hear and you realize you keep yourself righteous, you'll be like, something ain't right with that conversation. And you can guard your heart. This is not hard because the Holy Ghost lives in us all. He said, but the evil men and sorcerers will progress from bad to worse, deceived and deceiving, as they lead people further from the truth. Yet, Timothy, you must, say must, continue to advance in strength with the truth wrapped around your heart, being assured by God that he's the one who has truly taught you all things. Now, what's he saying? He's saying, you followed my example. You followed my teaching. You saw my persecution. You saw my passion for people, everything that I played before you. But the reality is everything I did, you realized that the Holy Ghost was saying what he's saying is right, how he's acting right, how he's handling that's right, how he's believing's is right. And you actually heard the Holy Ghost in all those things. This is why Paul could say in 1 Corinthians, he said, you want to follow Jesus? Just follow me. Follow me as I follow Christ. Now here's the thing. As you follow me as I follow Christ, you may be limited on what I know and how I follow. But at the end of the day, you can follow the example. You can discover it. Because in the last days, there's going to be conflict. But the good news is, I said the good news is that we have the Holy Ghost within us. And if we are people who are not of the scoffer, we do not recognize ourselves or associate ourselves with that attitude. If you if there's something ain't right, tell me. I'm fine. I just want to be holy. I want to be blameless. I want my lifestyle to demonstrate what I am on the inside. In the inside, I'm right with God. It's perfect. It's You can't improve this thing. But I got to get that out. And if there's anything I'm doing that was of an old nature and you can tell, my gosh, say something about it. And if it does bear witness, I'll be quick to let go. Because I'm going to tell you right now, the deceiver ones are going to say other things. But most of the things they say will allow you to hold on to fleshly attitudes and behaviors I had one person say to me today I realize when you come to anchor faith church two things are gonna happen you're gonna grow or go and that's true because you either grow in the things of God or you go because your flesh won't let you sit here anymore I understand and you say well gosh doesn't that make you feel sad sure just as sad as Jesus. You know how many people Jesus is going to look at and say, Go to the lake of fire. 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 You don't think that bothers him? In fact, the scripture tells us he plants no pleasure and people dying. Yet the king will sit on the throne at the great white throne judgment. And those who could have been in his house should have been in his house. He wanted in their house, paid the price for them to be in his house. He'll say, go to the lake of fire, go to the lake of fire, go to the lake of fire, go to the lake of fire. Because you chose the lake of fire and not me. And I'm giving you what you want. Now, they'll be kicking and screaming the whole time saying, no, 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 Jesus, I didn't want it. I didn't want it. He said, no, the evidence says. Go to Lake of Fire. I do not, we do not keep people in Anchor Faith Church at all cost. We live righteousness at all costs. And those who want to be righteous love to stay. Those who don't will have problems. And they're not our problems because there's enough power for you to change. So every time God talks to you about anything, just obey it. Because when you do, you won't be deceived. And you'll never be one of the many that depart. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want more, subscribe to our message podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Rating and leaving a comment will go a long way with helping our messages get better circulation. If you'd enjoy watching our weekend messages, visit youtube.com forward slash anchorfaith We'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a comment or a like on the messages. If you'd like to find out more information about us and how we're influencing the world and help support the work we're doing by giving, just visit anchorfaith.com. I'm